This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. We're talking EVs. We're talking digital retail. It's a tough stock market out there, but the factory market, it's red hot. Plus, how a reporter's hunt for an affordable car uncovered a new trend in older vehicles. We'll get into that a little later. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Rivian stock fell more than 20% on Monday after a report that Ford and other investors were selling millions of shares. CNBC's David Faber tweeted over the weekend that Ford was selling 8 million Rivian shares through Goldman Sachs, and another investor was unloading even more shares through J.P. Morgan. The price on the transactions, according to Faber's sources, was $26.90, a bit of a discount to Friday's close, but it was 18% higher than where the shares ended Monday. Also, for context, Ford had more than 100 million shares of Rivian, so it is still a significant holder. Shares of the EV company have been sliding since its pickup launch has gone slower than investors expected. The stock has now tumbled more than 85% from its peak. Speaking of beat-down stocks, let's turn to online used vehicle retailer Vroom. Fast-growing startups often struggle to make money, but a negative 46% profit margin might mean it's time for a reboot. Vroom said Monday that it lost $310 million on sales of $675 million. The stock, once trading north of $46 a share, closed Monday at $108. That's $1.08. After the close, the company announced a new CEO and a, quote, business realignment plan that calls for prioritizing vehicle economics, reducing operating expenses, and maximizing liquidity. The new CEO is e-commerce veteran Tom Short, 53, who joined the company as COO in January with experience at Walmart, Home Depot, and Office Depot. His predecessor, Paul Hennessy, stepped down effective immediately. And now an update to Hyundai's EV factory plans. Back in April, COO Jose Munoz announced that the company will build a battery and vehicle assembly plant in the U.S., Now it appears that Georgia is in the hunt. According to Reuters, the Korean automaker has been holding discussions with officials in Georgia. Careful readers of Automotive News will recall that's where state and local officials recently pledged $1.5 billion toward Rivian's planned manufacturing complex. Hyundai declined to comment on any site negotiations. The dedicated EV facility would serve both Hyundai and sibling Kia, Kia has an assembly plant in Georgia. Hyundai has one in neighboring Alabama. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up, is 200,000 miles the new 100,000 miles? Richard Truitt explains why it might be after the break. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. 
There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Yesterday, we ran my interview with Amanda Gordon, the owner of Gojo Auto, an independent dealership in Denver, about her newfound competition with franchise dealers, including her fiancé's stores, for high-mileage used cars. That coincided with the publication of a package of stories about very used cars and their new place on the retail landscape. Today, I wanted to take you a little bit behind the making of that package of stories. Richard Truitt often writes about engineering matters, among other things, as a reporter for Automotive News. He also writes a lot about service departments for our Fixed Ops Journal. And on the weekends, it's clear he's pretty handy with a wrench. Before we get into how cars can be attractive and valuable after 200,000 miles or more, I wanted to know what sparked the whole thing. Richard Truitt, welcome to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me. You led a package of stories in this week's issue of Automotive News about very used cars, those with well over 100,000 miles on the odometer. Uh, they're now being offered even at franchise dealerships. How did you get turned on to this story? You know... Part of it is because I've been in the market myself for a used car. Um, my wife uh, started working at home during the whole COVID thing and her lease expired and we decided we weren't going to spend a fortune to have a car sitting in the driveway. So we started looking at used cars and we found cars with incredible mileages for a lot of money and it sort of wanted to, wanted to I just wanted to start looking into that and then see what was going on with all these older used cars and why they were so expensive. And then the chip shortage happened and they got even more expensive. So I just have kind of been following the, the whole saga of it. Yeah, they've gotten more expensive and, and they've gotten onto lots where they didn't used to typically be sold. Uh, so that's an interesting change. And of course, here in the news business, we like change. Uh, we like to acknowledge it, recognize it. So you found this, you know, seems like a really solid growth area for a lot of dealerships, especially while inventories are so tight. And maybe it'll last longer term, uh, but it isn't a no-brainer. You found some cases where some dealers haven't been able to move an otherwise, you know, seemingly attractive high-mileage vehicle. Yeah, you know, here's one thing I learned is that dealers have to be really selective with the vehicles that they choose to put through the reconditioning process because it's going to cost them some money to recondition an older vehicle with high miles. And so I'm finding that uh, SUVs are, because um, they're in, in such demand new, that uh, used ones are also, um, high mile ones are, are more likely to be reconditioned. But I, what, what's really important is the, the, the history, the Carfax of it. Um, Scott Fredericks from Carfax told me 
I asked him, what are the things that people look at on the report? And he said, number one by a country mile is accident history. People are not going to buy anything with an accident. But if it's been maintained well and it's, you know, like a one owner car and it's got a full service history, then I think dealers are taking a closer look at that because there's kind of a sweet spot in the market of, say, between five and ten thousand dollars where I've learned that people are just paying cash. And that's not typically how used cars were sold at dealerships. <laughs> how's, uh, how's it different? How was it before? Well, you know, I think that car dealers wanted to have off-lease used cars with low miles, maybe maybe a five or six-year-old car at the most. But as cars age, banks are less uh, apt to lend money on it because they don't want... Um, one of the, the persons I interviewed for the story told me that um, banks don't want to lend... Um, put people in risky situations where if a car breaks down and someone has to make a car payment and a repair payment, they're not going to be able to make both and they're probably going to fix the car rather than pay the loan. So that's one reason why banks don't typically finance those kinds of cars. Um, so I, th I think that with high mile cars, they're priced less and more affordable for people who can maybe just pay cash. So if they can uh, scrape up together $5,000 instead of making a yeah. down payment and then having to make monthly payments, they just buy a buy an older car and, and take their chances. They used to be called a beater with a heater, but now I think they are a little bit nicer. We've, we have reported, Jamie, ad nauseum, as you know, about the, the price of cars increasing year after year. But one thing maybe we haven't connected the dots so well, and I guess I better be careful here because you might assign me another story, is that cars are lasting longer, right? Maybe part of that price increase is because of all the technological changes and and better paints and things that are enabling cars to last well past 100,000 miles. That's right. They add a lot of gadgets, uh, but they also add a lot of uh, improvements that make yep. them last longer. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a column that uh, kind of packaged with this or coincided uh, with this, uh, you know, about how much better vehicles have become over the decades that guys like us have been covering the industry. Uh, but, you know, talk talk oily to me. Uh, what are the specific technological improvements that have really allowed autos to reliably run for 200,000 miles or more? You know, that's the question I asked for one of our stories. I wanted to know specifically what's been done to make cars last longer. And rust protection is a, is a, a big, big factor. Um, automakers have learned to design bodies that don't trap moisture. Companies like PPG and, and, and um, DuPont have made paints that are harder and stronger and uh, don't chip as much. Um, many um, suppliers like ZF build transmissions that are designed to last the life of the vehicle, however long that may be. Um, <laughs> companies like uh, Federal Mogul build um, components for the engine that are basically don't wear out. Piston rings with diamond coating on them and and main bearings with, with special coatings that just essentially don't wear, not like they used to. That's incredible. The, the sealing systems and just everything, they, they, yep. they're so much more precise than they, than they once were. One of the, the, piece, the persons I interviewed for the story said, 200,000 miles is the new 100,000 miles. You know, <laughs> they, they may be right. It could be that cars with reasonable maintenance and that are taken care of, you know, not parked in the snow every winter, may last 200,000 miles now. So <clears throat> the the mechanicals last longer and are more durable, uh, but we have then the wild card of the software. So much yeah. more of a vehicle is defined by its software now. 
And in some cases that can add value over time. You can have the over the air updates that mm -hmm. add new capabilities, uh, add new features. Uh, but there's also, I guess, could be the risk that after 15, 20 years or more on the market, uh, a brand says, you know, we're we're done supporting that software. We're done done providing for that platform. If you look at cars from the early 90s that had the original OBD onboard diagnostic systems, try getting an older car fixed and diagnosed with something like that. Not too many years ago, I had a 1995 Taurus SHO and the check, the, the ABS light was on and I could not find anybody in Detroit who had the scan tool for that. So we're kind of in a new territory here to see how automakers in the aftermarket are going to support these cars that are living longer. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that yet. You mentioned um, when we were talking earlier that there's some uh, dealerships really only carry tooling for so long. Yeah, um, dealers typically carry all the special tools that require to fix a car, obviously through the warranty period and maybe a few years after that. But after a car gets to be like 10 or 12 years old, that those tools go away. They sell them or throw them out or get rid of them, and they're not able to service cars like they used to. And that might be another area where dealers may have to rethink their repair strategy because the IHS market folks tell us the average age of automobiles last year was 12.1 years. So that means there's plenty older than 12.1 if that's the average. Exactly. It means, it means the cars made 25 years ago are just now expiring or you know ceasing to be usable yep. and uh, and registered whereas you know so the cars that are being made now you know they're going to last at least 25 years software permitting right uh they probably should last 30 or 35 years i would just say with reasonable maintenance <laughs> uh, maybe with excellent maintenance yes you've got to change the oil and that kind of stuff too yeah got to got to stay on top of all that yep. uh, but it does like you said, it really changes some of the equation as we think about um, ownership and the, the life of ownership. You know, as you said, you know, it's been a lot of concern about rising prices and similarly the lengthening loan terms on vehicles. But if they can reliably last 100, 200,000 miles, if they're well cared for, you know, why not take a, a six, seven, eight year loan instead of feeling like you need to pay it off in three you know, before it falls apart in five? Yep. I think those days may be over. And here's one question that I wasn't quite able to get answered for our series of stories. And I'd better be careful again, because you could assign this to me. <laughs> Electric vehicles have far fewer moving parts than gasoline powered vehicles, right? The fewer moving parts is less wear. I tried to get people to tell me, do you think electric vehicles are going to last even longer? We don't know yet, but it seems logical that they just might. They might. I mean, obviously, uh, we there's a lot of concerns about how long batteries are going to last, but they're also designed to be you know, recyclable or replaceable. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, uh, electric cars could last a long time. The The equation is going to keep changing and you're going to keep uh, coming up with ideas that make me assign more stories to you. Richard, right. thanks for your great work. I appreciate it. Looking forward to more. All right. Talk to you soon. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get the latest news on used vehicles, retail trends, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News multimedia team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your daily routine. Now let's all get back to work. <laughs>